Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Today's episode is a little bit more personal for me. Bear with me because I think it will be really helpful for you. You know, it's kind of funny that as a therapist who has a master's degree and 10 years of experience, when you go to school, they teach you a lot about different theories and how to provide interventions, how to do therapy, and even quite a lot about trauma, but we didn't really learn a whole lot about our body's nervous system, the importance of the nervous system, what it does, and how to heal it. We pretty much just learned that trauma sends you into fight or flight, and so does triggers. And something I pride myself on is that I'm always learning, growing, and evolving as a therapist and a human. And these past six months to a year have really been focused on like diving into learning about my nervous system and how it impacts me and everyone, including our kids in their day-to-day lives. And as someone who's always kind of like searching for ways to improve myself, this is probably what drew me to therapy in the first place. You know, I'll talk to my therapist about that, but After being diagnosed with ADHD at 30 and then realizing that overstimulation sends you into fight or flight, I made it a goal to learn about my nervous system, what was going on with it, and how to heal it. The stuff I learned was super hard to hear and take in, probably because I was in a lot of denial about how some of the things I really liked, um, like social media, scrolling, were impacting my nervous system. And it was hard to hear that because I thought I was functioning pretty okay for a human, that I was pretty much white knuckling my life. Woke up every day praying that someone or something didn't send me over and ruin my entire day. Tim and I got in a fight or I had to someone be difficult with me or I had a conflict. I would literally go into fight or flight and then have to sleep for hours because I was so exhausted. I hated not feeling like I had any control. When it came to my kids, I was constantly struggling with trying to keep my overstimulation under control. And when I couldn't, it would volcano as getting like frustrated, yelling, and then feeling like shit about myself as a parent. I'm not perfect and I don't claim to be. I'm still very much in the middle of this journey. And to be honest, I'll probably be in the middle of this journey for my entire life because I believe that that's what life's about. Healing, growing, evolving all the time. For the first time in my life, though, I don't feel like my amygdala is hijacking every single day of my life. And because we're always growing and changing, I wanted to share some of the key things that have been eye-opening and helpful to me in hopes that they will also be helpful to you. We are not carbon copies of each other, and something that worked for me or that was an insight for me might not be for you. So take what resonates and leave the rest. I'm going to share some of the things that I realized were like sending me into fight or flight and what I do to help now. Fight or flight isn't just for bears in the wilderness and big traumas. It happens probably every day and it probably happens to you. Before I dive into the specific things, I just wanted to make the point that recognizing what fight or flight 
feels like for you in your body is a very important skill that you need to teach yourself. And once you have it down, teach your kids, because it is that awareness that helps you bring healing and change. We can't change what we're unaware of. So recognizing what it feels like. So, you know, when you're in it and then recognizing how different it feels to not be in it. Um, so you can focus on trying to be in that state more often. Overstimulation is the biggest thing that sends me into fight or flight. And I touched on this a little bit a minute ago when I talked about like my kids and being overstimulated, but when my brain specifically has too much input or input that it doesn't feel like it can manage, um, I freak out. Like I get irritable and I just need to make it stop. One thing that I learned was that I was trying to do too many things at once. So I always prided myself on being, and and society does this as well, doing many things, being a multitasker. So like listening to a podcast while cooking dinner, while helping the kids with something, I cannot do all of those things at once. And that was something that was really hard for me to accept about myself because I always prided myself on productivity, which we'll talk about in a minute, but Um, so I have had to just do one thing at a time. And this has really changed my ADHD as well, because I don't feel as scattered and I am not overstimulated as often. I'm actually 10 times more productive by just focusing on one thing at a time. So when I'm cooking, I'm cooking. If music on, it's very low and relaxing, no AirPods, listening to a podcast, no phone calls. That way my brain can handle it when my child approaches me with a reasonable demand and I'm not freaking out, right? I'm able to respond calmly. And I had to, once I realized this and accepted it about myself, I had to prioritize that because to me, my relationship and my response to my kids is one of the most important things in my life. And so that has to come over the comfort or the desire to want to listen to a podcast or be scrolling TikTok while I'm cooking or doing other things. I also time block my days so that I'm not scattered trying to do a hundred things at the same time and end up being exhausted and nothing gets done. The main thing that makes me overstimulated is probably social media. This was really hard because a big portion of my business is online and I literally had to change and shift the way I was showing up. Now I have set times that I return texts, check email, and I'm on social media rather than checking sporadically throughout the day or whenever I get a minute. Other than that, I won't let myself check in. This is super hard because it's an automatic habit. And the thing that helped me break it was going on a vacation where we were pretty busy and we didn't really have like cell service. And so I was able to come back and be pretty rigid with my like three times a day checking in. Now I can recognize when scrolling is becoming overstimulating for me and put down the phone and walk away. Whereas before I felt like I could recognize it, but I couldn't quite figure out how to break the habit or how to still run an online business while being someone who gets overstimulated by social media. So getting on, posting what I need to post, returning comments, checking things, and then being done. Once the timer goes off, I'm done and that's okay. And I don't check it until the next timer. I feel like I I will always be in this constant ebb and flow with technology and social media because I'm trying to learn to trust the cues that my body is sending me. And as we are changing and evolving with like more things being online, it feels harder to be a business person and not be online or on social media, which would actually be pretty much my goal if I could do that. So it's hard to, for me, it feels like I have to hold both beliefs that like I want to impact and help as many people as possible while also helping myself stay sane, helping my nervous system stay regulated. 
the other thing that has created a lot of fight or flight for me and continues to do so is my childhood shit. (sighs) For lack of a better word, I grew up in like an emotionally unpredictable family, meaning that there was, uh, it was, you never knew what you were going to get. There was yelling or there was stonewalling or withdrawing. There wasn't a ton of connection when there was, it was good though. So this has created a lot of inner turmoil for me around relationships because attachment is everything. Um, it comes out pretty much in my marriage. And so if I go into fight or flight so easily that like a simple disagreement about where to eat can send me over. And this is something that I am working on with my therapist. So recognizing when I am going through phases of feeling like, am I reacting to something from my childhood or is this actually what's happening in front of me? And like 99% of the time, it's something from my childhood. So being aware of that, Lots of journaling, lots of inner child work, and learning to validate and love myself because instead of placing my traumas onto my husband and expecting him to heal them. So stay tuned on that one. The other thing is being addicted to my own stress hormones, which I'm sure like most people in our society are at this point. Uh, For me, I've lived 33 years in a frantic survival state. I went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to keep myself busy, to keep myself moving forward, right? Just keep it moving. That's why I've survived. And I am like the best in um, that mode. Like I get a lot done. I can function in that. And then I burn out and I get really sick and I can't get out of bed. So... Once you slow down and you try and heal some of your shit, your nervous system says, wait, this isn't normal. And because when something's not normal and you've lived in it for a long time, it says danger, 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 right? And it tries to pull you to engage in the behaviors that keep you in the stress state. For me, this is social media, finding problems where there isn't any, working hard, seeing more clients, being busier, adding more to my schedule than I can handle because I just need something to do. Cleaning frantically, feeling like I need to deep clean my whole house to the point where it, you know, you can't tell that people live there. And I recognized, and I've recognized for a while that like I can't handle boredom. (laughs) And so I've been trying to learn to enjoy boredom and to balance my life with tasks that need to happen as well as things I want to do. A lot of this has required shifting my view on productivity and tasks and for example cleaning the house. I am not cleaning the house to have a spotless house. I am cleaning the house to make it functional for me and my family so that we can live a life in this house and that feels very different and more aligned with who I am as a human than I need to have this perfect show worthy house. This has also helped me erase a lot of like the comparisons and feeling like I need more things because I'm able to say like, I'm just trying to make this nice and livable and take care of what we have for me and my kids so we can enjoy our time together in this house. Something that really helped me with this is reading a book by, I can't remember her name. It's called How to Keep House When You're Drowning. She's a TikToker. Look it up. It's a good one. Um, And a lot of this goes back to me trusting myself that like, if something needs to get done, I'm going to get it done. So if a bathroom needs to be cleaned, I'm going to clean it. I don't have to clean it right now, but I will get it cleaned. I promise myself that I will get it cleaned. Um, a limiting belief that also keeps me in this state is that my worth is based on my achievements and productivity. So how much I'm doing for others and my worth as a mother is based on how clean my house is or 
if I'm making meals or how much money I'm making or instead of like the things that actually matter, like, you know, spending time with your kids and having a relationship with them. So unraveling that and trying to shift yourself to unconditionally loving and accepting yourself. Now, this is the hardest task on earth because if we could all do this, we would literally heal the world and our kids. Um, and so it's not something that's easy and it takes a lot of presence, intentionality and practice. And it's something that I still am working on daily, but I think it started with allowing myself to do what I want, right? Not what I feel like I should do. So if I want to lay on the couch and read a book, that's okay. And if I want to play paper dolls with my girls instead of doing the dishes, that's okay. So freeing myself up from those limits and it gets easier. The first few times you do it, it's going to create a ton of anxiety. And I want you to just sit with that and know that like that anxiety will pass. I heard this really cool podcast interview, um, with Joe Dispenza. He is a big like meditation guy anyway. And I do his meditations, but on a side note, he was talking about anxiety and meditation. And I think that this applies to like real life, doing the things that are uncomfortable for us that we know um, are good for us, right? So the things that create anxiety that aren't dangerous, this could be meditating is what he refers to. So you're sitting there, you can't empty your mind, which that's not the point of meditation, but um, you feel like you're going to crawl out of your skin. You have to move right now. That feeling of if I just set my phone down and don't check it, maybe there's a pull or anxiety to check it. Or if I leave the dishes in the sink, I'm going to constantly be thinking about them while I'm playing with my kids. And he says something about like what happens on the other side of that anxiety, like trying to just sit with it and see what happens on the other side because you end up feeling a ton of peace. And so I try and do this in these situations now, kind of like a game. And making these things like a game has made them easier to accomplish for me because then it doesn't feel not fun or boring. It feels like, oh, I am making this a game. And then I found more joy in the boring or the things that like the time where there is nothing scheduled or the time when my kids are playing on the floor and I just, instead of having to like schedule a one-on-one time, I feel like I can just go sit down with them and start playing with them because I am not constantly battling the a thousand thing long to-do list that I have in my head. So working on sitting with that anxiety, unraveling that you can unconditionally love yourself and that your worth is not based on the fancy lunches you're making your kids, how much you accomplish, how skinny you are, how clean your house is, how often you work out. The funny thing is the more time I spend in my parasympathetic nervous system, which is like my rest or digest, the more energy I have to actually be that mom to my kids in a way that feels good for me because I am taking care of myself and nourishing myself and putting my health and my needs first, I actually have the energy to do more of those things rather than forcing myself to do them and not being able to accomplish it well and then being burnt out. Okay, I've got two more quick things that I've been doing. Number one is keeping myself from getting hangry and stabilizing my blood sugar. So when you get hangry or hungry your and your blood sugar dips, your body can go into fight or flight. And realizing this has been so key for me because um, 
I have been able to stabilize my blood sugar. I was a little bit insulin resistant before and having some of that like reactivity where um, I would get really low blood sugar, get really hangry, go into fight or flight, be irritable, hate myself for how I acted towards everyone. And then I would eat and be fine. So I was like, oh, hey, this is a real thing for me. And then I started doing some research on it. And I realized, no, this really is a real thing. So, and this has helped me too when it comes to like the health and wellness and straying away from diet culture and feeling like I need to lose weight um, or only eat a certain way and labeling foods as good or bad. I was able to view foods as like what is going to help support my nervous system and nourish me in a way that supports my mood and nervous system so I can show up and be who I want to be, right? And I know that sounds kind of corny when people have talked about it for a while, like seeing food as fuel. And that never really like hit with me. Like I I get it. Like I want to have energy, but also like I want to be calm. I don't want to be hangry. And so adding things into my day, like eating breakfast that that is mostly protein and eating every few hours and stopping when I feel full and has really helped me one, not crave sugar so much. And then I don't get that like reactive, like sugar rush, blood sugar drop, hangry, hate everyone feeling. But also I feel so much more satisfied throughout the day and food is less of a mental strain. So like I haven't, because I'm approaching food this way, I haven't felt that mental strain of like, what should I eat? Should I eat this? Should I eat this? What sounds good? I've been able to say like, what's going to make my body and my nervous system feel good and make good choices and it doesn't feel as stressful. Now, this has taken a long time. I started doing work like this with food, moving more towards like intuitive eating, but trying to maintain like blood sugar probably over a year ago. And I'm just feeling a little bit confident in it. And now I am not perfect. I am a hundred percent not perfect. And I'm learning my triggers for binging or overeating and, um, how to prevent those. But it does help when I know that I have this knowledge and I've applied it and it's, been useful in my day-to-day life. The very last thing is maybe not intuitive for you. It definitely wasn't for me, but it is finding time for play, enjoyment, pleasure, whatever whatever we want to call it. I giggled because a lot of people associate pleasure with sex and that is not like what I'm saying here. I mean, it can be, but um, just in my day-to-day life and the more I have found pockets of joy in my day-to-day life, the less I have felt the need to seek chaos in other areas of my life because your body can become addicted to your own stress hormones. But when I started this, Uh, And you may be like me, like I didn't even know like what was fun, what was going to fill my cup, what I enjoyed. And a lot of times I was using unhealthy things as um, fun, like numbing, scrolling out, eating and food, uh, distractions that aren't healthy, working a lot, um, being overly productive. And this led me to not really feeling like rested and enjoying my life as well as like not feeling like great afterwards. So like if I stay up late and I eat junk food and binge Netflix, I might have a good time, but the next morning my stomach hurts and I feel like crap and my nervous system is off, right? And so that doesn't really feel like, okay, well, how can I fill my cup and enjoy things while also not like wrecking my nervous system? And what I came to realize is I was doing those things to avoid 
feeling things probably and to avoid and, and I just needed to be more intentional and I'm less likely to do that kind of stuff at the end of the day if I'm like getting small pockets of joy in areas throughout my day and my week. Some of that that is like finding things that aren't necessarily can considered productive or checking things off the list. Like I really enjoy meditation. And so making that a priority, it's also been really helpful, but I really enjoy it and making it a priority to do it every single morning. I really enjoy my first sip of coffee. And so I have made my coffee routine ritual in the morning very enjoyable, very fulfilling to the point that I look forward to it. And I have that first sip and I get the fancy flavors and then I'm like, ah, oh, this is, this is amazing, right? I also do a thing called Fancy Coffee Friday where I buy myself a fancy coffee every Friday and I look forward to it and it's just that nice like, oh, treating myself at the end of the week. And the reason I'm using these examples is it doesn't have to be big things. It can be that sip of Diet Coke at lunch or in the afternoon because that's also it for me. Um, it can be, I'm trying to think of other things, reading a book that's just for fun. I tend to be more drawn towards like self-improvement therapy books. I enjoy them, but it also feels a little bit like I need to be learning and I need to be on. So like Colleen Hoover is my guilty pleasure um, or maybe some trashier romance novels and like finding time and space in my day and in my life to do these things has helped me feel more, feel like my cup is full more. And um, I'm happy and I'm not seeking that stimulation in ways that wreck my nervous system later, like scrolling TikTok, right? Um, or binge eating and binging Netflix. The other thing that I think has been really useful in this area is taking baths. And I know that I said that I, if you've listened for any longer than like a week, you know I love a nightly bath. And I've switched my baths up a little bit to where... I try and take them. I used to take them right after work. And what I would find is that I would get really relaxed and I'd be like good to go. Or I would still be decompressing from work and I would just sit in the bath and scroll or uh, read like for work or do more work that I didn't feel like I had gotten done. So really create. And then I was like, well, this isn't fulfilling. And then I come down and the, and I then I have to do bedtime with the kids or whatever. And I just felt like I missed one, a good chunk of time with the kids. I didn't actually feel rested. And then by the time I went to bed, I couldn't fall asleep because I didn't have that transition. So I actually pushed my baths to right before bed. And that has allowed me a few things. One, more of a transition time into being home. Two, I have, I spend more quality time with my kids without my phone. And then I don't allow me myself to scroll in the bath. I can read in the bath. I can meditate. I could like watch a show if I wanted to. I rarely do that though. But most of the time lately, I just like look at the ceiling and relax right before bed so that my body's very relaxed going into sleep. And that's helped me have a more restful night's sleep. So if you're doing something and you're finding mm, this isn't really working, find a way to tweak it and make it work for you. Right. And ways I've created to transition into home life, I like um, usually have a song or like blast music on the way home, depending on how long my drive is. One day a week, it's an hour. So I feel like very decompressed by the time I get home. The other days, it's like five minutes. And so I don't feel as decompressed. And then I put my phone in my work bag and I don't look at it or try not to look at it until the kids go to bed. Not perfect with it. If I need it for something like a recipe or to text someone back, I'll do that. But I try and stay off social media. And I'm really trying like to not scroll past 7 or 8 p.m to help with my sleep. And so that's been really helpful 
too. But I, and then I get home and I do, and I help with like cleaning up and getting kids ready for bed. And then I get kids to bed and then I feel like, okay, I can relax. And by that time, really, I want to take my bath and go to bed. Or sometimes Tim and I watch an episode of a show together and then I take my bath and go to bed. So tweaking things to work for your nervous system and your life. And the things that overstimulate you or that are send you into fight or flight may not be the things that send me into fight or flight. This is just my story and my experience and you can take what resonates and leave the rest. But I encourage you to do your own research, do your own work and recognize what is not working for you and how you can tweak it to work for you. You don't have to do things a certain way just because it's the way you've always done it or the way somebody else does it. A lot of times in this TikTok culture that we have where we're learning and growing. And I think it's wonderful. Um, and obviously I utilize it for my business, um, is that we look at someone else's example of how they've healed their nervous system or how they meditate or how they manifest or whatever it is, how they parent or what works for their kids when it comes to behavioral stuff. And we think that we have to try it and make it work for us. And if it doesn't work for us, it's a flaw or that or that that specific thing doesn't work. And that's not true. We have to take all of this information in and then decide what resonates and feels best for us with our value system, our lives, and our families. So I hope that I've given you some good examples, good ideas that you can take and implement into your life or tweak and implement into your life because that's more important. I would rather you uh, write me and say, hey, I've taken what you've told me and I tweaked it to this, this, and this, and it works amazing for me. I would love that more than you saying, hey, I tried this exactly how you do it and it works for me. That's cool too, but I love to see people like taking in the information, trusting their intuition about what feels right for them and applying it in, in that way. So if you try any of these things, if you tweak any of these things, please email us at mindfulasamother pod at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram. Mine is at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW and pages at parenting with page and tell us like what worked for you, what resonated, what you got from this podcast, because we love to hear from you and we love to get your feedback on these topics. And if they're resonating, or if you want to hear about a specific topic, message us and say, Hey, I really have questions about this. And I want to hear about this on your podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week. and uh, Paige will be back next week with her part of this topic. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.